Welcome back to the Stats Beast Podcast. <laughs> I have Stefan on the line. I, uh, this is the second uh, recording because I kind of screwed up the first intro. But Stefan, how you doing? I think the second one was even worse than the first. But you, let's are go with it. you are correct. You are correct. I'm upset. I'm sad because my my football team sucks ass, and I'm just upset about it. So yeah, I've been I've been pretty out of sorts all week, especially since. Uh, I actually got the Titans upset last week on on a couple parlays and uh, screwed the other picks. So good times, good times. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, nobody. It's very hard to hit those picks, so don't be so hard on yourself. You know, just you know, cheer up a little bit there. But I mean, I I was counting on my fifteen teamer to take me to promised land, but here we are. To retirement, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I was one of fifteen too. I really thought it was going to go. But. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I haven't actually done a 15-teamer since you and I used to work together. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember there's actually there was actually a payout if you got all of them wrong, too. Really? Yeah. I didn't remember that one. It wasn't as good, but it was I remember the time like, where you almost hit one, and yeah. it got down to, like, Sunday night game. That, that must have been quite the exciting weekend. Uh, that was... Gosh, that was the Dolphins who screwed me over. Is that not a pleasant memory? <laughs> that was $12,000, and I was like... I'm not going to hedge this. I'm on fire this week. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Whoops. you got the closest. Now, uh, just just for the listeners, Jason and I used to go to lunch uh, on Wednesdays when the sports books would put out the cards and uh, make our $5 to win $12,000 uh, <laughs> 15-team maximum parlays. <laughs> 100% effort at the, at the job we were at. 100% all the time. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about that job was gambling on the, <laughs> at lunch. And Red Robin. We used to go to Red Robin. That's right. We did. I'm pretty sure we remember more, but I'm not going to bring it up. All right. Uh, let's start off with the Niners. Might as well get it over with. Um, you want to talk about their penalties, their special teams? Uh, yeah, let's just kind of breaking down some of the things that – I mean – because as much as everyone wants to have the narrative of this is all Jimmy or, or Kyle Shanahan's fault, this team is dysfunctional right now. Watching the game last week and the last and the games all this year, it's not just one thing. It, it's just haphazard. So I thought we'd kind of start with <laughs> one by one there. Uh, what was the first thing again? Uh, their penalties. Okay, that's been every week. They're leading the league in, in uh, uh, defensive pass interference. I don't know where they are on overall penalties, but it does seem that week after week, they'll have good drives that are just, you know, absolutely stalled out by a holding call. Or the defense has looked good in stretches, and then it seems like we can't play the ball in the air. As soon as there's a deep ball, we're just basically tackling receivers. And you know, is it because is it because they're it, just it, getting burnt? Face guarding. I'm I'm just seeing like it almost feels like I don't know who's been coaching these DBs to make plays, but they just face guard, stare straight at the receiver, and never try to go for the ball. I think it's like uh, you do that when you're just getting burned and owned. You start you start resorting to doing crap like that. Yeah, I agree because like Josh Norman kind of reminds me, and this I, I feel bad because I love Rod Woodson. And he's a Hall of Famer and he was great, but. That year he played corner for the Niners, he was getting beat like before he switched to safety and then went on to more Pro Bowls. Uh, it, it looked like that. It was the same with Josh Norman, where they're getting beat and just grabbing a guy. Uh, freaking uh, Richard and, Sherman last year, yeah. and, and actually Richard Sherman right now with the Bucks. He's just getting scorched. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to age gracefully into playing corner. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you. There is no like. There's no hiding anything. If you're if you don't got the wheels and the cut and the acceleration, those young bucks oh. are gonna make you look foolish. Well, and let's be honest, corners is the hardest position to play in the game these days. They've they've basically legislated out any kind of defense against receivers. I mean, they can't touch them. They can barely jam them. They can, you know. It's uh, it's an incredibly difficult position to shadow these guys that are just amazing athletes running these great patterns. And, I mean, just even stay with them and make a play is pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, well, who, who are their start? It's Norman, and who's who's the other side now? Uh, Mosley. Mosley, yeah. Who, who hasn't actually uh, distinguished himself much in a, in a bad way or a good way this year. I mean, I haven't seen him getting burned too much. It's... It, it seems though that it's it's all over the place. Anytime they're going deep, guys are turning the like you said. They're just getting burned so bad that they're chasing these guys down and then running into them when they come back for the ball. That also goes to not getting a lot of uh, pressure from the defensive front. You know. Yeah. Well. It, yeah. Exactly. And our and that defense was net, like cornerbacks always been weak overall the last few years. So. You know, we've been able to mask it with a good pass rush, but I don't know. It it seems it just feels like the whole team's just not together. You know, it feels like everyone's rowing in different directions or I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's continuity to just like the overall game and the feeling you get like of momentum in games and things like that. Like they came right out, scored a touchdown and then just went totally flat. Yeah. I you know, okay, let let me touch on that. Let let me touch on that that drive where um, they just r- ran it right down the throats of the Colts, right? And then they get a they get a turnover, right? In the next drive, was it Norman punched it out? I think so. Yeah. So they recover the fumble. They hand it to the running back. Uh, gets like I think a seven yard, no, like a twelve yard gain. Or I can't remember what it was, but he it wasn't quite a first down. I can't remember. But here here's what happened. So the second down. It's where they throw another toss. Who is the running back? Elijah Mitchell. So they throw it to Elijah Mitchell for a zero-yard gain. And then the next uh, play, they throw it um, to, I think Debo was incomplete. And the next play, it was another incomplete pass. They went away from where they're having success immediately. And it just showed. It was like, and it just fell apart. It was like, why in the hell did you guys do that for like well, what, this what, team's always been built, and their offense has run the best, and the way Shannon has run it is like in, when they beat the Packers in the playoffs or times like that. Run the hell out of the ball and throw a few, as few times as possible, and control the clock. Keep the defense fresh so they can rush as hard as they can on you know, and keep keep teams off the field. And it's just all of a sudden they've gotten away from that identity this year, where it seems like we'll run the ball. In, admittedly, in some games without success, which has been hard to you know build anything off of. But even in this game where we were successful running the ball, you just went away from I, it. Yeah, especially in that sloppy of an environment, as bad as it was raining, and and like both teams having trouble taking care of the ball. It's just I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that team. It, it just seems like certain times we're not even executing right. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. Uh, obvi- they're really missing a. Uh, Salas, right? What's Salas, right? He went to the Jets. 
Yeah, but I don't see, like, Ryan's, I think, has done a pretty good job of calling defensive plays. It doesn't seem like they're getting schematically beat. They're just getting physically beat a lot of times. So. Yeah, but he was kind of I a mean, hype man, too, you know. It just seems like, like I said, I don't know what it is. It's not like one thing. It's like everything. It's kind of a, it's like a plane crash, the series of cascading failures. You know, it's not one thing. It's this thing and that thing and this thing, and all of a sudden the whole plane's going down, and they're, they've lost four straight. Yeah, meanwhile, the Rams and the freaking Cardinals are killing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, at this point, they're only a few games away of being completely out of contention, and then they'll have no choice but to just play Trey Lance, which uh, that that's kind of the worst way you want to see that happen because, number one, Jimmy still needs to be traded, and we're going to get nothing in return for yeah. him at that point. Yeah. And and number two, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that thinks just experience is good. I, I wouldn't argue that Zach Wilson's having a great experience with the Jets right now just because he's getting the start. And it might be detrimental to his career. You can only get hit in the face so many times before you start to flinch. You know, I mean, there's no way to not get gun shy as a young quarterback when you're constantly under pressure, getting rattled, losing. You know, it's got to hurt your confidence a little bit. And that can get detrimental in the long term. So we were going to talk about the, uh, you know, talking about actually trading for a quarterback. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo rumored that he was going to. The Pats offered a second-round pick for him. They wanted a first. They didn't get up going through. But, you know, looking at that, it's like – and watching Mac play right now, there's no way and now they're going to trade for Jimmy. No way. Because oh, Mac Jones is not. playing. No, I think, that, that was supposedly day, uh, day one of the draft or the night before day one of the draft. So – and Shanahan has actually singled that one out and denied it. And I kind of believe Shanahan because – it wouldn't have made any sense because the, the Patriots' yeah, yeah. pick was so high. There's no way they were going to ask for the 15th pick in the draft for Garoppolo. I mean, that would have been laughable. So I, I kind of agree where that wouldn't have made any sense. I think they probably might have pulled the trigger of a second rounder for Jimmy at that point. Well, what doesn't make sense is, is why they would trade Jimmy away and uh, because there was a lot of hope at the beginning of the year. Well, I mean, in a perfect world – you, you, Trey Lance was not ready to start day one. Everyone knew that. He's raw. So the perfect world, Jimmy comes in, they're competitive, they can go for a Super Bowl, and then trade him with some decent value to his name. You know, at this point, if 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 the trajectory continues, he plays mediocre and they lose some games, it's going to be just a lost season, and then we're letting people play to get playing time, which is just a crap way to have the season go so i think you got to stick with jimmy until the season's completely over and you know because unless they win some games and he starts lighting it up it's gonna tank his value and doesn't help the niners try to recoup any of that draft value they gave up for uh trey lance yeah 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 (laughs) well there is hope it's still the big. It's still only what are we week eight, right? Well, and the, the hope is, uh, you know, and this Shanahan pointed out he, he coached the Falcons when they were, or, you know, coached with them when they were uh, three and six, and then ended up being ten and six and making the playoffs. So it can still happen, but we've got to see some spark to that offense. I mean, and even though the under, I think, is six and one in Bears games this year. If, if they could light up the Bears, that might get them going because the Bears might be one of the few teams in the league that are in bigger disarray than the 49ers. 
No, that ain't that ain't that ain't no lie right there. And uh, okay, let's. You want to talk about Jamar Chase? I mean, what is there to say? The guy is playing out of his mind. Oh yeah, I think we just got to acknowledge that. Yeah. I mean, I was even against the pick. I thought Sewell was a better pick, given that they already had some weapons and could use a left tackle. But boy, was I wrong. I mean, uh, on the record, I said it was a good pick. I, I just want to say that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll show the tape. Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, Jamar Chase has been legit, and, and as much as I wanted to be like, ah, that's a bad pick, I do love reuniting college teammates, and they're just lighting it up. There's nothing, like you said, what what do you even say about that? He's he's basically done something we haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, since like Randy Moss in terms of big plays as a rookie and lighting up the yardage and things like that. So. They picked up right where they left off in college. And yeah, then, exactly. And then some, and then some, and that tells you. You look at Burrow and Chase, and them playing in the SEC. It's like well, that's how legit that damn league is. Well, and they lit it up. I mean, I think we forget just how like amazing Joe Burrow's numbers were. They, I mean, they're the type of numbers that even if you play a video game, you'd have trouble reaching. Uh, uh, he was, he, you know. Just was lights out in college. So to see him doing what he's doing is not really that big of a surprise. But just seeing it all come together this quickly, you know, definitely is. And I think that leads into surprise of the week, especially, of course, after me saying they're my AFC uh, best team at that point. Bengals just dismantled the Ravens this last weekend. Yeah, I mean, did. that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, they, they beat them up. Uh, the Bengals are clear. It's good to see, like, it's good to see Burrow grow into the quarterback and the and the Bengals grow around him. Honestly, I think that's what they needed. They needed a well a stud it's quarterback. Been a week, you know, few decades in Cincinnati, so you know I'm sure they could use a win. I was always pull. I was I honestly was always I was pulling for Burrow because I want to see the Bengals succeed because they've been sucking so bad for so long. And even though I'm not a huge fan of like the Bengals per se, I'm like I'm. It's like, come on, at some point, it's like no. mercy. Yeah, I mean, you already live in Ohio, so come on, you got to have something to go on for you. So, uh, okay, yep, that's what we got to say about Jamar Chase. I mean, even yeah. uh, Waddle in Miami with uh, freaking Tua, they're actually playing pretty well together, too. I'm not saying like Burrow and Jamar, but they're playing pretty well together when they're on the field. Like, they're get, they're hooking up a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Okay. Actually, I'm gonna before we jump into the 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 fight you, you're talking about. Let's talk about the uh, biggest. What's your biggest surprise in the NFL this year? Uh, you know, I went back and forth. But Jamar Chase is definitely up there, but I think my biggest surprise is that uh, the Packers. I oh, mean, especially God. after dropping Week One, the way they did. To suddenly be back and then come into this game against Arizona down their, you know, top receivers and everything else, and they just look like contenders. I guess it just goes to show if you got Aaron Rodgers, you can do anything. That is what that is exactly what I was gonna. There was two things that I was, I was gonna say it was gonna be the Arizona Cardinals and all, and then on top of that the Packers because I thought the Packers are gonna flop hard because. Because Aaron Rodgers didn't had no offseason whatsoever. And then the first game came in and they, they lost. And I'm like, yeah, I told you so. And the next thing you know, he's freaking Aaron Rodgers again. 
And it's like yeah, seven yeah, to one. Yeah, the Niners helped him find his mojo. <laughs> yeah, and I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I mean, they they beat they beat the the, the Cardinals. Yeah. I know it was close, but I still I think they're the best team in the NFC. Well, it's it, well, man, it's tough, but I think I, oh, I'll yeah, say I mean, this: the Cardinals so, definitely came, it came down to the wire, as we saw, which was. I, have you ever seen a receiver not be – like, what What was A.J. Green doing? He's such a veteran and such a great receiver. I just still can't get my head around what in his mind he thought he was doing there. <laughs> he got no, me. because he didn't – like, he went straight into the – he looked like he thought there was a screen behind him. You know, he just went straight into the cornerback, like, into his chest, and it was like – I get he was trying to maybe drive him back a little bit, but then he didn't make a move or do anything, and then the ball just kind of flew right by him. So, yeah, <laughs> still mystified as to what exactly he thought was called on that play, but someone wasn't paying attention. I, yeah, I mean, it looked to me like it was. It looked like he just definitely didn't think the ball was coming his way. So I don't know. Then uh, let's see uh, your biggest letdown. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh well, I mean, this one for us at least it seems pretty obvious to everyone. It, it's got to be the Niners just being just. It, like I said, it's not one thing. It's like you look around and everything's falling apart. You know, so yeah, I bad, I think cl- clearly that's the biggest disappointment. The one thing I was thinking about that we didn't mention before that I think is a big catalyst too is Kittle being out has definitely hurt the run game and the play action game a lot as well. <laughs> Freaking Mostert's huge. Oh, and Mostert. Yeah, really not having someone that can run 100 miles an hour after one cut is definitely... I think he's always... The fact that we... I think too many people have given Shanahan too much credit for his run scheming in that they can plug anyone in. You know, I mean, that was even his dad had that reputation. And, you know, deservedly so in a sense. But I think sometimes it takes away from when they've had some really good running backs and the difference in the game. And you look at Mostert and the drop-off after he and Jeff Wilson went out this year, and it's it's been a rough go. Is he out the whole year, by the way? Jeff Wilson's supposedly supposed to come back in the next week or two. And Mostert's Which would be a right? huge, huge plus because – they need somebody besides Mitchell. Uh, I was hoping Hasty would show himself a little more in this last game, but Trey Sermon hasn't really stepped up. It's it's pretty much Mitchell and then uh, Oblivion right now. How, yeah, yeah. Is uh, is he going to be able to make it back, Mossert? Uh, to the Niners, I don't know. What is he, 31 at this point? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a great question. I think he's a free agent after this, so I'm I'm not sure what they're going to do. You know, they they obviously drafted two young guys in the idea of them taking his place, so I don't know. It might be time they move on from him, and I don't know if he ever gets the big contract he probably deserved over yeah. the last few years. Yeah, I think it's too late at this, this point. If he stayed healthy this year, there might have been a chance, but... I think they're going to His on. age is just going to work against him. They'll probably end up being like a rotational back somewhere. Yeah. Um, Which is too bad. Touching on some, uh, sorry, yeah, biggest letdown, obviously, the Niners. Uh, touching on, the, I don't know if you've been paying attention to NBA, but Golden State Warriors are four and one without Clay Thompson. They're playing amazing team basketball. I can see the highlights. They are playing really well, and uh, the Sacramento Kings are two and two, and they're ex- they're competitive in every single game. And I don't think there's any like one big name on there. I mean that five anybody five, out baby. anybody outside of Sacramento <laughs> <be 500. knows. laughs> 
I, I know <laughs> they're 500, baby. Dude, that is amazing. Then, anyways, sorry. Favorite. Uh, they could even have a winning record by the end of the weekend. The uh, and the the uh, the World Series. Who do you got? Uh, man, this is a tough one because, quite honestly, not a fan of either team. I mean, how can you not hate the Astros these days? And then the Braves, never been a fan. Uh, just always thought the Tomahawk was really stupid. Same with Florida State. And now it's racist on top of being stupid. So really hard to pick a horse in this race. But I think I'm going to go with my hate for the Astros outweighs my hate for the Braves. But just by a hair. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, did you hear that whole thing about the Astros like cheating on on calls and stuff? Somebody's wh- whistling in the crowd, give them a heads up. It's a fastball. Oh yeah, and beating trash cans. And, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. It's like they clearly cheated their way up, and you know, and of course they've got, they're one of those teams with a big payroll and a lot of and you know a lot of stars, so it's easy to hate on them. But it's a lot easier when they get caught cheating. Yeah. So you, you who'd you say you're gonna go with the? Uh, we'll go with the Braves. The Braves? Okay, yeah, I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> like I said, I don't like picking either of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is a World Series that's being watched by a lot of people, I'm be honest with you. Yeah, it, doesn't, it just doesn't seem to have much appeal. Like, and, and I usually, you know, I'm a casual baseball fan, typically watch the playoffs in the World Series, and it's just, yeah, it, the matchup didn't even inspire me to really pay much attention, honestly. Let's jump into... Uh, the biggest fight of the year. No, are they fighting this year? It's not the biggest fight. It's a big fight, though, Like even though it's it's silly. Oh, but... it'll, it'll garner money, and I think it'll lead us into the second part of this one. So. But uh, Tommy Fury, who is Tyson's brother, right? Tommy is yeah, Tyson Fury's brother. Yeah, brother, which I don't know if that matters. <laughs> it does. He might not have the same gypsy giant blood, though. So Versus Jake Paul. So I actually looked up Tommy's records, and he—I think he's undefeated. But they're—they're they're against a bunch of cans too, though. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's a young—he's a young fighter, but he's seven and zero, and he's actually positioned himself as a boxer and not kind of. I mean, it feels like Paul's kind of backed into boxing from being famous, getting a few fights, and then now he's trying to actually make it more serious by finally taking someone that's actually punched somebody before. So tell me, who do you who do you think's gonna win the fight then? Oh man, I have no idea. I've never seen either of these guys box. I, I mean, if you're just gonna go by like what I would assume, I would assume Fury's been boxing longer, and so I'd probably take the guy that's been taking it seriously as a professional longer. But it kind of leads to my other question though: is like, is this even a fight, or is this a publicity? You know what I mean? Like this kind of blurs the line between publicity stunt and fight, and we've already seen that before with McGregor and and Mayweather, which I, of course, watched like everyone else. But it's like at a certain point, I almost feel like we're getting into WWE territory. Not that it's preordained or anything, but it's almost the show of the spectacle and not so much the result. Tommy's going to be the best. Even though he's faced MM mixed martial arts guys, Tommy is going to be the best boxer that Jake's Paul has faced. Now with yeah, because he's with, an actual boxer. With that I mean, said, there's, I, there's pro boxers and then there's ten cans, like you said. Yeah, he he, he fights cans, but with that, he's a big, strong guy too. Like he he's very he's athletic, <clears throat> but like Jake Paul, like he hits really freaking hard. Um, it's just it's it's tough because 
<laughs> I know how silly this sounds, but I'm, I'm, I might lean towards picking Jake in this fight. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly haven't seen him even throw a punch, so I, I couldn't tell you. Just, he's he's iced a couple people. It smacks him. Like, to think somebody that didn't box before could train for that little amount of time and suddenly... But who knows? I don't know. It just, it just always seemed like you had to work a little harder. I mean, my brother boxed as an amateur, and it was like... I saw, like, just at his level what was going on. It's like, it takes a lot of work and a long time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, Tommy definitely has, like, the huge edge here with, with growing up being a boxer, especially in the family. But uh, yeah, and, yeah, and I wouldn't. I don't know. Like you look at Tyson Fury, and that guy's the Gypsy King. It's like I don't know how close his family is, being a half brother. But if he was in any of that, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Pikers. <laughs> um. All right, dude. Do you want to do some picks or or what? Might as well. I mean, I'm sure my record's better than yours. At this oh, point, absolutely. We'll yeah, superior. Know. Superior. <laughs> Let's let's do it real quick. Okay, uh, all right. Let's start off here. Wait. Okay. Yeah. First of all, let's start off. The Packers uh, beat the Cardinals by three yesterday. Right? <laughs> yeah. The twenty four twenty one. Something like that. Yep. Off the top of my head. Okay. Now, with that said, let's jump into the weekend's games. The Carolina Panthers are at the Falcons. The Falcons are minus three. The Falcons are favored to win here. Uh, minus three against the Falcons, and the Panthers are on the road, so the Falcons are at home. Yeah, boy. This one kills me because, like, I want to take the Falcons, but they, you know, they just can't even cover a, a decent spread as they showed last week. So, but Carolina is just dog shit. So I guess you got to go with Atlanta, but I honestly wouldn't watch or bet on this game. It's, it's just going to jinx everything else around it. It's kind of like when they send an unlucky person to a hot table after, uh, in Vegas, uh, it's the cooler game of the week. After starting well, like Sam Darnold got pulled for Philip Walker and actually Philip Walker played in the XFL. So that's where they got him from. He was actually, I think, the best quarterback in the XFL when he was there. But and that's a little factoid. Uh, I think Sam's supposed to start still, so we'll see how that goes. Terrible game to watch, I think. But anyways, the Who Dolphins. <laughs> this is a big spread. The Dolphins are at the Bills. The Bills are minus Wait, wait, wait. Who would you take on the last one? Oh, the Panthers. I'll take the Panthers. Oh, sorry. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably there. It's probably a really bad pick because you were just trying to like slink out of that. I pick was. Even <laughs> it. You're just like, yeah, it's a terrible game. So, <laughs> so <laughs> next up, we got the the Dolphins versus the Bills. Bills huge favorite, fourteen point favorites in this game. Uh, if you want to bet the Bills on the money line. If you bet ten bucks, you're gonna get eleven, eleven back. And if you bet the Dolphins, you're gonna win seventy bucks back. You're gonna win seventy in your pocket on a ten dollar bet. So they're plus six hundred underdogs. Anyways, with that said, so you could bet the Bills and the you know Bills minus fourteen. Bills are our Dolphins plus six hundred. No, just you don't you don't have to bet them on the money line. But uh, who do you what do you got here? You got the Bills. Minus 14, or are you going to give the Dolphins 14? Oh, God. These big spreads are always so tough. Um, I think, you know, the Dolphins haven't – I know last week they showed us some signs of life, but that was against a terrible uh, Atlanta team. So I think until the Bills stop blowing people out, you got to keep going with them for now. So I'll take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills too. Next game, and I don't know why they keep on being favored to win because people love – whatever. But anyways – 
The Niners are minus four at Chicago against the Bears. Because yeah. I know the I mean, Bears it's suck just like last week. I took Chargers outright, and it's like, or not Chargers. Colts. <laughs> Colts outright. That was out of spite, then, though. That wasn't out of like. I, I don't know if I'd take them outright, but until the Niners proved to me, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me the Niners finally got over the hump and just beat the crap out of the Bears. But that being said, the Bears in the under are six and one this year. The Bears still have a decent defense, even with. Nagy out with COVID and Khalil Mack out. It just goes to show how little faith I have in the Niners that with all that and the Bears looking as terrible, I'm not even positive of this one. So I hate to say it, but until the Niners show me some kind of spark, I'm going to go with the Bears at least covering this. I'm going to take the Bears plus four, too. Uh, For everything you said. Uh, They might even lose. The Niners might lose on the road. Okay, anyways. Yeah, I hope not. But, I mean, it'd be nice if they'd turn it around the Bears is that feel-good game, but I just don't know anymore. Pittsburgh Steelers on the road, Cleveland Browns traveling down the road, or traveling up the road, I should say, to go visit Cleveland, the Browns. Browns are minus three and a half at home. Is is uh, uh, Mayfield playing still? Um. Yes, I believe he's, yeah, he's playing this game. Okay, so he's just banged up. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. Both those teams are tough to predict. I think I'm going to take the Browns on this one because the Steelers still haven't really shown me that they can compete with a good team. I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. Um, I remember. I still remember that seeing this funny meme or whatever where it was like I was driving out of Cleveland and it said the first sign of life and it said Pittsburgh X amount of miles away. <laughs> I'm not shitting on anybody in Cleveland. Yeah, and I shouldn't have uh, shit on Ohio. It's just that I, you know, spent a bleak few weeks there in Cleveland (laughs) and drove around to camp. It was the middle of the winter, to be fair. What's that? It was in the middle of the winter for me, at least. Oh, me too. Yeah, no, my uh, my car had like three feet of snow on the right side because the being right there by the Great Lakes, the snow blows in sideways. So there was like three feet on the right side of my car and like an inch on the left side of my car. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> Philadelphia on the road against the Detroit Lions. The spread, the Eagles favored by three and a half points. Oh, gosh, I'm going to take the Eagles all day on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to take the Eagles. I mean, I don't know. Detroit's weird in that they'll show just enough fight this year to cover the spread sometimes. But I, I think you got to go with the Eagles. Yeah, I think Detroit sucks bad in this one. Okay, Tennessee Titans at Indianapolis Colts. This one's going to be surprising. Colts are favored. This is my walk of the week upset, Titans. Colts are favored to win this one. Yeah, that's one of the ones I like in terms of uh, a straight-up upset. I'm going to take the Titans in an upset, too, because I think they're going to get the ball smashed down their throats. I just I just didn't see much out of the Colts last week that was that impressive. I mean, yeah, well, the Niners really down on the, we are down on the Niners. <laughs> well, it's just you know in past years when they've been bad, it was uh, it was easier to put your finger on it. Like when Singletary was there, they had the personnel and they were clearly being out coached. I mean, the X's and O's weren't working; they were getting out schemed. And then you know we had bad quarterback play and and this and that, and then. All of a sudden, this year, it's like you can't blame injuries. You can't blame all these other things. It's just like it's almost like we've got some good players and a bad team. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, okay. uh, Next up, Bengals at Jets. 
Oh, by the way, uh, Tennessee. I took Tennessee on that one. I, I'm going to take them straight up. But uh, Bengals at Jets. The Bengals are favored by 11 points in this game. I think they beat them by 100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Jets are pathetic, and I feel bad for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's out too, isn't he? I hope so for his sake. He's out, I think. <laughs> I think they signed, uh, they traded for uh, Flacco, didn't they? Didn't the Jets trade for Flacco? I might have missed that. I know they had that backup that had no experience. So either way, I just don't see him cover. I'm actually surprised the spread's not bigger if Zach Wilson's out. Yeah, the Jets have traded for Eagles quarterback Joe Flacco in exchange for a conditional sixth-round pick. Uh, Flacco, 6'6", 245. The brow coming in. (laughs) The spent the 2020 season with the Jets starting four games. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't been relevant since he won a Super Bowl. Los Angeles Rams at Houston Texans. Did you see the spread on this one? Uh, I want to say this was like almost twenty-one or something, right? Yeah, no, it's fifty. It's at fifteen and a half right now, so I think some money could film it. That's a lot of points. Yeah, it should be almost twenty-one though. So I think <laughs> you take the Rams. Houston just doesn't even look competitive in most games anymore. I'm going to take Houston plus 15 and a half points at home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Patriots at the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by four at home. That's a, that's a long road trip for the Pats. Yeah. But that being said, they're scrappy. And the, yeah. and the Chargers uh, have been terrible against the run. And, you know, Belichick's pretty good at scheming up uh, uh, some low-risk stuff for Mac Jones. I, I've been going anti-Patriots all year. I think this is the time. I'm going to take Patriots on this one. Patriots plus four. I'll take the Pats plus four, too. If, I think if they're going to lose, it's going to be by three. Yeah, I, I just feel like they've been very competitive lately. Jacksonville Jaguars at Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks is minus three and a half at home. Ooh, Gina Smith's starting still, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. This is one I just stay away from inter- entirely, but uh, I guess we'll we'll pretend the sixth man still matters in, in Seattle and give him the home field advantage here. All right. I like it. Uh shoot, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Jags plus three and a half. Even yeah, though, even I, though I Trevor's not having a great year. He's playing all right. He's got, I think, with time, he's going to be a great quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think people forget how much development most quarterbacks have taken, even ones that started right away. I mean, Peyton Manning didn't, like, absolutely light it up his first year. You know, it's just anymore everyone wants a hot take after a week and be like, this guy's the next Hall of Famer, done. Or he's a bust, done. <laughs> it's like, you know, some people have actual careers that kind of span, like, okay the greatness <laughs> all right next up the washington football team at the denver broncos broncos minus three and a half Ugh. i think oh man i feel like washington might bounce back just because denver is struggling but yeah i'll just go with washington and think they cover but i don't know if they win that game i like that bet too i'm gonna take washington plus three and a half points tampa bay buccaneers at saints the Buccaneers are favored to win this game on the road. They're minus four and a half. I'll take the Saints at four and a half. Ooh, I, like, I think I like I, that's, that's a good that's a good number. I you know 
<laughs> Gives you a lot of leeway. All right, Sunday night game, Dallas Cowboys at Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are minus three. They're favorite to win in this game. Uh, this is one I actually bet on Wednesday or, uh, because I, I like the Cowboys on this one. I do too. I like them outright on this thing. Yeah, no, I did the same thing. That was I, that one and uh, uh, the Titans. Those what the kind odds of stuck out to see. me as upsets this, this week. I wonder what the odds maker sees on this one. Uh, the Cowboys well, are 6-0 against that, the spread Sometimes this year. I think like, they're overthinking it. Because like, last week I didn't understand why the Titans were, were uh, underdogs in the first place against the Chiefs because the Chiefs have been playing like shit and had no defense. So it was kind of easy like for me to think, okay, well, that's an easy bet. We're talking about talking about that. Uh, New York Giants at Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are at minus nine in this game. They were at 10. Now they're down to nine. So much, some money's been put on the Giants. Who do you got? Man, I really would have liked the Giants at 10. Um, but the, I, I think until the Chiefs show they can even stop the Giants, uh, which they'll have to do this week, I'm going to take the Giants and see that they cover. I'd be surprised if they win, but I think they could stay in it. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I think the Giants plus nine. I like it. I like the Giants on the road. They're a good road team. And what I mean, a good road team, I don't even mind like winning. I think they could they get close enough to they're very competitive. Yeah, exactly. Like I just don't see it being a blowout just because Kansas City can't stop anybody right now. What happened to Kansas City? Like who did they lose to get to that point? Well, I think it just finally caught up with them. They've never been strong on defense, and they've always relied on Patrick Mahomes scoring 40 points and not having a turnover. So as soon as he has a three and out or, you know, has a turnover, suddenly this year, because they're giving up 40 points a game, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. pretty easy to get behind. And then once they're behind, it's a lot easier for teams, even though they almost seem one-dimensional anyway with not running the ball a lot. It really makes it easy when you know they're not going to run the ball. All right, man, that wraps everything up. You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Oh, I just wanted to say with the Kings being competitive. Yeah. And looking at their roster and how Harrison Barnes has been scoring, you know, De'Aaron Fox has been doing his thing. Uh, Holmes has been getting the rebounds. It just hurts that Bagley couldn't have, like, didn't even make the rotation at this point. He's not making the rotation It's just. If they'd even had him like as a serviceable four that could run the floor, they'd have a hell of a squad right now. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's just kind of sad. I think he pissed off the coach. Well, I think he's never been that great of a player. I mean, 14 and 7 isn't anything to write home about from year four. Yeah, he's running a, he's running a smaller lineup. They got uh, Holmes, Barnes, De'Aaron Fox, Halliburton. Uh, Harkless. Harkless. There's yeah. uh, Heald and Mitchell. They, he's running a really small lineup, which is working. They're actually beating well, the Pelicans as, as we speak. So well, that's the NBA these days. We've talked about it before. I mean, the, the, it's almost a detriment to be seven feet tall these days. Yeah. Zion's unless you can, you unless you can move like De'Aaron Fox and you're seven feet tall. Yeah, but. well, then you're Giannis at that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a great analogy because yep. that's exactly right. <laughs> then you get to be the, the Greek freak and be the the only person probably in the world that's got the agility at that size. He is a, he is an absolute freak. He's like a Shaq before he gained all the weight. That's like he that's what his explosion this reminds me of. 
Yeah, you just don't see someone his size move like that. It, it it's jarring sometimes to see something like that. I mean, I've like uh, my roommate in, in college was an all American nose tackle, and we were at a D two, so he's five eleven, two ninety, and for a guy that was built like that. He could do some things athletically that would shock you, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get it. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care and hear from us soon. Thanks. Bye.